You are listening to Ball Side Goal Side, putting coaches in a better position. Hosted by Ed Heberling and Eric Dabransky. Welcome back to Ballside Goalside. Uh, glad to be back on here with you again, Eric. Um, it's been a little bit of while, a little bit of time. I think our listeners are kind of used to that. That uh, between your schedule and my schedule, it's it's hard to you know get uh, Eastern time and Mountain time mat, mat, uh, matched up together. But uh, well, you're the glad to you're be the back one that keep you. you're the one that keeps adding family uh, members. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, family <laughs> members and yeah, different duties as assigned. Yeah, it's constant constant updates with my end of the thing, and then two hours behind you makes it more difficult. Yep. Yep. So. But always, always good to, to finally catch up and, and get, get things together. And, and obviously, uh, you know, with the new years and, you know, jumping into January, it, it's funny because obviously, you know, once January hits, you know, it, it obviously you get the co- coaching convention, you get a lot of different recruiting events, you get a lot of different things that, that go on within the soccer world in general. So it, it's just such a, uh, such a whirlwind a little bit. Yeah, it's it's been it's been crazy. I, I know for uh, for you and I both, we've had some some changes going on in our lives, uh, our professional lives and such. Even even going back to our last few episodes that we recorded, um, I, I'm not even sure if our listeners know you're an assistant coach at Lynn University. Uh, yeah. You know, but yeah. what what else is going on with you, Eric? Yeah, I mean that that's kind of been the transition right now. Obviously, you know, from being a head coach for for ten plus years, um, obviously with our school, with Johnson and Wales closing due to, you know, um, you know, last, uh, 2020, obviously very thankful to be an assistant now at land full time and then, you know, um, really enjoying it. And obviously, you know, really enjoying our program, the, the program that we're, you know, we, we had a little bit of a disappointing fall, but obviously, you know, Ed, I think, you know, with your situation, um, you know, coaching and, and, and my situation, I think all of us just being thankful to be playing again, you know, and grateful to be playing again. I think that's something that, you know, within some of those difficult moments where whether it was a tough loss or, you know, maybe maybe a season that that you wish went differently. I think you just always kind of, you know, go back to the foundation of just being very thankful that that you had a season and, and um, you know, no, we didn't have any games in our fall that were were canceled or, you know, were postponed or anything like that. Um, so everything kind of went smooth from, from that side, but yeah. Um, you know, an assistant coach now, it was, I was joking with somebody the other day, it was, um, you know, because obviously, you know, it as a head coach and you've been, you've been a college head coach, the stresses that come with being a college head coach, you know, it. it's just, it's 24 seven, you know, you just don't seem to have a day that somebody doesn't need you for something you know, which again, we we're always there for our players. You know, we're always, uh, if it's important to them, it's important to us, but there was, there was never moments as a head coach where you had that moment, that day where nothing, you know, nobody reached out to you. And so it was always that, that thought of like, okay, well, being an assistant coach, you know, was I transitioning to being an assistant, I'll know exactly what, what our program needs and, and how to help our head coach. And it's just funny because you transition into it and you're like, well, this is, this is a lot different than I, than I thought, you know, it's, it's, it's quite the transition in terms of, of just being able to really kind of help in those, in those moments that, that you feel necessary, you know, and and navigating different uh, scenarios that, 
that maybe again for 10 plus years you, you just hadn't you know you hadn't had to navigate and, and being there for whether it's in a different um place for a player whether it's just talking to them through a situation tactically technically you know recognizing moments that players maybe need you a little differently in terms of getting through a session or getting through a game um it's definitely different so i, I think it's been a learning curve and you know we talk about the whirlwind of, of january a little bit but obviously i think uh for me and obviously we'll, you know we'll transition to, to your situation and your your career change as well but it's been a it's been a learning process you know and, and trying to be the best you know, version of, of myself in terms of how do I help, how do I help our program? You know, I think luckily I fall back on what, what I've typically done pretty well, which was recruiting. Um, and obviously I think I've always been a fairly decent communicator with our players. So I think that's, that's something that you kind of just keep, keep falling back on, but obviously continuing to try to learn, um, how to, uh, be a, be a better assistant and be, be there for your players and be, be there for our head coach. But, and then with that, you know, we're kicking off USL, we're kicking off NWSL coming in the next month, within the next month. So for me, the, the broadcast career kind of re the, the analyst uh, career kind of kicks off again, which is, which is nice. I had two MLS preseason games a week ago with Inter-Miami playing Columbus Crew and then um, Charleston Battery playing Charlotte uh, FC. And then a couple USL games here to kick off uh, March and then get into NWSL. Uh, so excited for that. Um, but yeah, just spring practice and, uh, you know, analyst, uh, analyst, um, you know, jobs here and there for, for USL ESPN plus and Twitch TV and things like that. So, um, you know, just busy. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's good to hear, you know, you're staying busy, you're enjoying, it. I think, uh, one of the things that I found is uh, like you, I had that 15 year career as a head coach and then going into an assistant role and, and, it's kind of like, I, I think I went in and now I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so stupid. Like, you know, <laughs> why did I do this? Why did I do that? Or yep. that just doesn't make sense. Or, you know, um, but then having that same type of thing that you're saying, like you have to be there different, you're different for a player now. Yeah. Uh, they come to you a little bit more with some of that things that they, that they need that they wouldn't come to me as the head coach for, but now as an assistant and you have yep. to kind of change your, your tune and change your attitude towards things. And it, it makes you, um, it, as I reflect back, I, I, I kind of put up a, sh a barrier or a shield with my players when I was the yep. head coach. And I look back now and it's kind of like, man, that was a, that was a mistake in the long run. I, I, if I could go back and change a couple of things, that would be yep. probably one of the big ones that I would change is to improve the relationships and know that it doesn't need to be a barrier that's there. It can be a glass door, you know, or a screen door, yep. um, but it doesn't need to be there. And, and so that was a, you know, I think I've kind of talked with our listeners about for me, the last three years as a four years as an assistant coach has really changed my perspective on a lot of things and made me realize that, um, you know, what we're doing isn't always the right thing and that we can really learn from the situations that we're put in if we if we reflect and think about things. Um, so, uh, yeah, like hearing you talk about that, I'm sure that's yeah some of the same things that I was going through that you, you went through. And and, um, you know, as, as we go forward now, uh, this past fall was crazy for me. One, like you mentioned earlier at the top, we uh, welcomed our second boy into the uh, family, Hayes. Yes. Born uh, three weeks early in October, right right at the uh, end of our high school season uh, for soccer. And, and that's kind of, um, you know, been a change for our family. But the other big change that happened was is our uh, head coach and for our girls soccer team stepped down. So I got promoted to fill out the end of the year as the, the head soccer coach for our soccer team. We were, we had a very tough schedule, but we were 0 and 
you know, one and five, I think, going into region play and uh, ended up six and two and no, 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 sorry, six and four in region play and, and made it to the quarterfinals of the state tournament. Um, and uh, just kind of a, it was amazing. Our, the girls just bought into things and we were able to do quite a bit of good things in that little bit of time after uh, playing a tough schedule. And then uh, here within the last month, I got fully offered the job of head coaching uh, here for the team. And, and I'll kind of take over uh, moving forward here at Green King in high school and um, Logan and, and hopefully that my teaching career will kind of take off as well. I'm a part-time teacher, part-time administrator, and then I coach. And so I'm looking forward to actually being in the classroom. Um, I, I know I've, I've kind of joked with you about it that you should get into public education and, and uh, everyone laughs and like, ah, but I, I mean, the place that I'm at, my administration is like amazing. Um, yeah. Our principal, two assistant principals are former coaches, athletic directors. So they're, they get the extracurricular thing and they know how to really, you know, support the, the coaches and the athletes and, and, you know, the student athletes and such. So um, it's been really good. And then uh, been helping train and I actually coach a club team now an 04 club team uh, that plays at the premier level here in premier level here in Utah. Uh, so it's been good. I really hadn't done a lot of coaching at the club level before because I just wasn't interested in, it. I did some trainings and such for teams, but never coach, but this is kind of the first time I've been able to step in and really coach a club team. So it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. We get started here this spring with our spring season for club and, and uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting going forward. Um, you know, as we, as we go, I can kind of hopefully put the lessons that I learned <laughs> uh, from being an assistant the last four years and trying to change kind of where I'm at and hopefully positively impact some, some players uh, up here in Cache Valley uh, in Utah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think you said something that, that, you know, really rang true with, with myself and obviously Ed, you and I have had this conversation throughout our careers when we, when we coached in the same conference and, and obviously as we've continued to, to be close friends and it, it's, it's the importance of the work environment and the people you surround yourself with at work. And I think, you know, I think we've always appreciated that. Um, you know, yes. Have we always loved coaching? Yes. I mean, I, obviously there's, there's a passion and there's a love for, for the game and there's a passion and there's a love for developing teams and players. But I think anytime you can get that combination, like you just said of that supportive administration that the coaches that, that are very supportive of each other. And again, I think we've both been very fortunate throughout our careers that we've had that. And, and I think that to be fair, that's, that's what's kind of helped our career develop and, and continue to, to stay on the path that it is. I think for uh, our listeners, that's something that, that they can take too, is when you go in, if you're looking for a job change or whatever, ask those questions, find out what is the, the support like, what's the morale like, what kind of um, administration or lead is going to be there, who are you working with and what's their background yeah. because it does make a difference for you um, professionally when you're in an environment that, that uh, you know, understands and, and is willing to work with you and help kind of model you and, and, and lead you in the right direction. So, yeah. And, and with the information that we, we have access to nowadays, it's just like, you know, look, look at who's been, how long people have been there, you know, like when you, when you're looking at jobs, when you're looking at, you know, whether it's administrative jobs, you know, coaching jobs, you know, how long have, have, coaches or administrators been there you know I think if they've been there for a long time that means something there's something good you know and and I'm not saying that you know those positions that kind of turn over every two or three years are bad you know at all but but I think those you know sometimes those are stepping stones and and things you know they kind of um 
you know, coaches use those to kind of really catapult their career. And, and there's nothing wrong with that aspect as well. But I think when you're looking for a place that, that you're looking to connect and, and, you know, find that support system, I think you, you can really look at how long has Ed been in this position has been there for 10 years. Has he been there? You know, like, what does that, <clears throat> what does that look like in terms of that longevity and, and, you know, that ability, what, what keeps them there? So I, th- I think that's sometimes, you know, overlooked a little bit, you know, but, but you're absolutely right. Ask those questions and ask those, those things that matter to you. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's kind of the same things I'm, I've been telling, talking to my players about here that I train, um, you know, and work with is they need to ask the same questions when they go on the recruiting visits or when they start. Absolutely. Is that, Hey, how long has the coach been there? What yep. are they looking for? What's the, you know, what about the support staff and all that? And, you yeah. know, how many teammates, what's the uh, turnover like on a roster? Uh, you know, these are all things you don't even have to ask some of those questions. You can just go and look at this year's roster compared to last year's roster compared to the year before and start to see, and you'll, you'll get a really good understanding, but yeah. also not to be afraid when they come out to visit, you know, and they have that time with a player. Why don't you ask them questions, you know, or find the time, you know, if, if coaches set you up to walk with this certain someone, but you find time to walk with someone that coach didn't set you up with, take the time, ask the questions, you know, because you want to make sure you're in a good environment. You want to make sure it's going to be somewhere that challenges you or fits your needs and is going to, you know, stimulate, stimulate you as a soccer player or academically as well. Yeah. And, and again, it just, I mean, just a great point. It's just, and it's frustrating because you and I have been, a, we've been a part of club soccer. We've been a part of high school soccer. We've been a part of, you know, the youth game and, you could tell a player and a recruit every day, all day, Hey, ask tough questions, you know, ask, ask the college coach that you're looking to go play for, you know, what, what do you see my role being? What do you see my freshman year looking like? What do you see, you know, well, you know, what's your team culture? Like what, you know, what's your co- What's your philosophy? Ask those things because I just think sometimes what's your style of play, you know? And, and I think, and it's, fru- and I say frustrating because, you tell players that and then they just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that, that pretty much like that. Hey, I'll ask, I'll definitely ask. And then, and then you look at things like, you know, obviously we've had this discussion before it's the transfer portal. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's completely full of, of, of players right now. And, you know, obviously being in a program that, you know, every program's kind of, uh, taking in transfers here and there, and, and we're no different, you know, obviously a transfer, uh, getting a, a four-year transfer or junior college transfer is a part of, a part of the recruiting, um, business. But I think, you know, at the rate that, that it's going right now, you know, I think it, it just shows you that some players aren't asking those questions, you know, because you're lasting a year, um, you know, a semester and then looking to, to transfer in, in the spring, you know, so I think that that's where it's frustrating because you should know exactly what you're getting into. Now, whether the whether the coach lied to you and 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 gave you false information, that's there. That's on them. You know, but you can only be you can only control asking the the question. And um, and I tell players all the time as well. It's it, it you know if you're willing to ask the question, obviously be willing to to hear the truth and and hear the answer. Uh, whether it's the whether it is regarding the role or the scholarship money or, or, you know, you know what the plans are, but like I said, I mean, ask those questions, make, make a coach tell you in detail what, what the plan is and, and uh, go into that situation feeling fully comfortable with it. Um, and, and, you know, 
you see it from the high school level right now and, and going back, you know, going into club recruiting's changed. And, and I think it's only going to get more and more interesting moving forward. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing I try and uh, have educated. I just got off the phone with a parent here today. They're trying to figure out where to send their daughter and where, where her daughter wants to go. And they're just not getting the looks at the level I think she could play at. And I said, you're competing against these transfer portal kids, portal kids, these kids that are either have been, have played at a higher level maybe, and they're coming to a division two school, you know, like yours, or they have already proven themselves. And it's a lot easier to risk money on someone that's proven than a freshman that has to come in adjust to the college lifestyle. The, um, you know, sometimes the cutthroat nature of college sports and that, you know, you're either you're in or you're out uh, the, you know, just the adjustment to making new friends and, and such. And, I said, we have to start looking at it that you're not competing just against the class of 2000. So she's a 2000 or she graduate next year, uh, 2023, um, that you're not just gra- You're not competing with those, those kids. You're competing with even the ones graduating before you that are now open. Like you said, a, a graduate transfer or the one-time transfer, you know, where you can transfer uh, without losing a year of eligibility. So we have to start looking bigger and wider and, and educating ourselves on what's the difference between a division one, a division two and NAI school. And that was her question. Well, what's yep. NAI, yep. you know, yep. and it's like, okay, well, here you go, you know, and, 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 and then even what the junior college has to offer. And, um, and I think that, that uh, coaches and parents and players all can do a little bit better job of getting to know and understand. And like you said, ask the tough questions. You know, I, I maybe if when I go on a visit and I say, Eric, I, I'm, I'm a freshman, I get that. How many portal kids are you looking at in my same position you know and and you have to ask that kind of direct question don't beat around the bush you know but but I I mean I I think looking back on it I would appreciate that kind of thing from a player because that thing tells me they're thinking they have foresight they're they know that it's uh, an going to be a a competitive environment and they want to know where they're going to stand you know and and I think that's what anyone would want to know is how many people do I have to compete against and is this going to make sense for me you know, well, and, and, then, and then what, what, what is your typical roster number? You know, right. what do you carry? Are you carrying 35 players? Are you carrying 40? You know, yeah. you know, what, what does that number look like? And I think you and I have both seen both sides of it. And I think that's going to be something that that's going to continue to change and continue to kind of evolve because obviously a lot of, a lot of schools, you know, use athletics and, and soccer is obviously uh, one of those sports where, you know, those reserve JV teams is, is becoming a thing. Uh, so carrying two rosters, one of, of a first team and one of a second team has become something that's, uh, I wouldn't say prevalent to this point where it's not as, it's not quite as frequent, but I would dare to say over the last five years, it's become a lot more, um, of a thing. And I think coaches are getting used to maybe the, the higher roster numbers, you know, so are you going to a place where you just, you know, you're just a roster number or are you going to a place that has a plan? That's what I tell players all the time. I'm like, go somewhere where they have a plan for you. Um, you know, so, you know, do, does that continue to grow? Uh, does that, you know, especially with, with, with COVID, you know, obviously a lot of schools are in financial, you know, I wouldn't say problems, you know, I would say, you know, they're all trying to get back to, back to where they were, you know, so do, do some of these schools use, use athletics and roster minimums to really force the hand of some of these coaches where it's like, Hey, you know, I know you used to only have to carry 26 players, but now I need you to be at 35, 36. Uh, those 10 extra players really help us, you know, financially. Um, and then they do that across the board with, with every sport. 
you know, and, and so that becomes obviously a part of the recruiting process as well. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, you know, going back to your point about the transfer portal, I, I just think, you know, reiterating what, what you said was for college coaches, it's a, it's a, it's a low risk, high reward type of deal where, you know, you're putting, maybe you're putting higher money into a transfer, but you're only doing it for a year or two. So if it works out great, you know, you, you got the player that you thought you were going to get, but guess what? We've all seen it. Sometimes players don't work out and they don't perform the way you, or, or fit the style that, that you thought they were going to fit. And now you're really only on the hook for, for the scholarship for two years or a year. Um, whereas and sometimes we do that with a freshman and we all know, like I said, they don't, you know, maybe they don't pan out or, you know, develop as we thought they would develop or maybe play the role that we thought they'd play. And now you're, you're in that scholarship for, for four years. Um, you know, so it, it's just, it, when that part of it, it's a business, um, you know, and I think the other, the other piece of it is when you recruit a transfer and you bring in a transfer, the, the likelihood of them transferring again is extremely low. <laughs> so, you know, you do not have to worry about, oh, you know, is, is so-and-so, they might leave if they don't enjoy it. Well, they've already transferred once. So, so the likelihood of them going, you know, and transferring again, and obviously rules kind of permit that, that, you know, that ability as well. So, you, you know, and you feel a little bit more secure with where your team is going to be and where your program is going to be for a year or two, at least. Whereas in some freshmen, you just don't know, you know, you might get them for a year you might have them after two and they're like, Hey, now I'm the one that's in the transfer portal. <laughs> so, so it's just, you know, it, it definitely is something that is going to, you know, be interesting to see the next couple of years. I think that one of the direct effects, and this is just my opinion is, is that we're just not going to see recruiting um, be as early as it used to be. Uh, I think a lot of schools and a lot of places are going to, are going to look and, and maybe work, you know, like, we're going into the 2022 fall. Um, you know, we're kind of touching up and finishing up our 2022 class. And then we're just starting to kind of open up that 23 class where it's like starting to do visits now in the spring, starting to do different things for 2023s. I think we're going to start to see a little bit more of that, that balanced process possibly. And, and obviously I say balanced with just not, you know, maybe not a better term to use uh, where it's maybe it's not going to be committing super early in, in a, in a student athletes um, process, which in turn might, you know, lower the transfer portal, you know, might lower the, the amount of students, amount of student athletes that enter the transfer portal, just because they are deciding late and they're, they're, they're going through the process fully getting to know the coaches, the program, watching them uh and different things like that yeah and i think i think that's the the big thing that you said that i i, I kind of need to think about too is that the recruiting timelines will change slightly um and you're right like you know the the, the parent i was talking to today with her and her daughter you know the daughter she's a 23 and that's what they're worried about they haven't had a lot of looks but it makes sense that it might be happening a little bit later um yep. for the yep. fact that there's other things out there and they're really trying to be patient and make good educated decisions uh, and think about where they're at and look at their numbers and what they really need uh, before they start trying to talk to a bunch of people, get them early committed and then realize it's not going to work out. Um, you know, and that's, that's something that I think all of us need to, to think about when it comes to that recruiting, talking with our players or talking with our children about the, the recruiting processes is that 
the landscape could be changing and that we have to be patient to see how this all evolves and moves yep. to make sure that we're making a good decision. Because I think the biggest thing, I think the transfer portal is nice. It gives you a, a chance to get out, but you never want to go into a, a, a situation saying, well, I still have like a get out of jail free card or I have an opportunity yep. just to get away from this. Correct. Um, you want to make a sound decision that keeps yep. you um, happy and that gets you the end result, which hopefully is getting an education, yep. uh, you yep. know, uh, from this. Um, and so we just have to really be patient, I think, and, and think about what is best for us. Yep. I think, um, you know, the other part here, Eric, that, that we can do is that, you know, um, you, I go back to our first few times playing, you know, at USCB and Johnson Wales and think about the quality of video we had, um, you know, compared <laughs> to, to, to nowadays where, um, you know, I think it, everything was behind a paywall for us. I can remember uh, getting an email that Eric Dabransky, you know, is logged into your game or whatever, paid to pay, paid to, paid to watch your game being played. Do you, do you remember these days? Oh, yeah. That, that, no, now, that was my holiday gift was the subscription yeah, to, that, to the right. Sandshark, Sandshark Digital Network. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember you telling me that was your gift because I, I sent you a message. And, um, uh, but uh but the thing is with these kids for recruiting purposes is, is all the games are pretty much videoed or broadcast. You can turn it, tune in and watch and say, okay, does this style of play meet mine? You don't even just have to take the coach's word. You can kind of see how they're playing and see if you can get an understanding, yep. you know, yep. and start to do your research on what it is that they do. And if you will fit in with that system of play, yep. um, you know, and that those types of personalities. So I think there's some things we can do not just um, asking the coaches, but some, some legwork on our own that will help us uh, be better prepared as well. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, to, to, to where you kind of started that was you talked to that, that get out of jail free card with knowing that you could use the transfer portal, but you talk to any, any student athlete that's in the transfer portal or that's still going to transfer transferring stressful. It's not, it's not a, you know, like a, um, you know, uh, an easy process. Um, and you talk to anybody you know, it's, it, they don't want to, they don't want to get it wrong. You know, they don't, they want to make sure that they're right. So it's not, it's not as easy. Oh, I'm going to get in the portal and everything's going to be okay again. It's a very stressful process. So you talk a lot of the transfers. So to your point, it's, you know, it is still really about making a sound decision and a decision that you're going to see out and a decision that, you know, is going to be the, the four years of your career. Um, and obviously I think, you know, going, you know, going to, you know, what we're talking about, the timelines and the decisions and things like that. I think, you know, club coaches and high school coaches, they've, they already have an incredible impact on uh, a student athlete's direction in terms of, you know, their process and, and kind of, you know, how they're, how they kind of oversee the process as well. And obviously I think that's going to continue to be uh, a positive impact and a valuable impact. And I think where, where club coaches and high school coaches uh, moving forward can really help student athletes um, out moving forward is, is a little bit what you mentioned is, is obviously understanding the time frame, the timetable might be changing, but also I, I get into this and, and I, and I would, I would wonder if you agree or, or you've seen it. It's this mode where, where student athletes feel and they compare themselves to their friends and their recruiting process. And I think, and, and sometimes as a college coach and, and somebody that's involved in the youth game as well, that, that is equally frustrating sometimes because every process is unique. Everybody's journey is unique. Everybody's recruiting process is unique. And that's what makes the recruiting process so special. And that's what makes 
somebody choosing a college or, or an institution or a program is so special as well. And I think sometimes student athletes stress themselves out because oh, my friend Ed just committed to, to so and such and such a school, you know, I need to be, I need to commit in the next two weeks because, you know, he, he's made his decision and, and, you know, or on the flip side, Hey, I'm really close. I'm good friends with Ed and I want to go to his school. And then now you're making a decision based on, Hey, I want to play with, with Ed and, and not necessarily making the best sound decision on what's best for your playing career, your program, your education, you're just kind of tagging along and, and making that decision. Um, you know, how many emails I, I get, uh, within the recruiting that it's almost like a package deal where it's like, Oh, me and my friend want to come, you know, come to this institution and, and this, and you're like, you know, why, why, why are you both trying to make the same decision? Why don't you guys both look at it and, and evaluate it from the standpoint of what's the best um, scenario for you individually? So I think this, this idea of comparing yourselves and, and maybe stressing yourself out from, from that aspect of it, you know, again, those high school coaches and club coaches can be very valuable in, in that moment as well. And not necessarily like, you know, making sure they just take a step back, they press pause and just say, Hey, okay. I know, you know, Ed's a close friend of yours or so-and-so's, you know, but really own and enjoy your own process and, uh, and go through it and, and, you know, really try to check all the boxes that you're looking to check off. Yeah, it, it, it's, you, I've, I've seen it. I've been firsthand with that. And, and the second part of that, Eric, that I've seen though, is, is also, oh, well, Eric went to this division one school. I've got to go to a division one school. Um, and, and I've, Absolutely. I've been trying to educate, I think, um, <clears throat> I sent you a video of a, of a player that's up here yep. and, um, and she's like, well, it's division two. And I said, do you realize though it's division two in the sunshine state athletic conference yep. that you want to go play division one, but that conference yep. is, you know, could, could hang with some of the division one schools, yep. you know, and, and, and these, these players don't can't see some of those differences or see the kind of the Venn diagram of college soccer where, yeah. There's going to be division two, II, division three NAI schools that overlap, even JUCOs that could overlap with some of the division one schools, you know, um, and, and really get an understanding of where you're going to play isn't necessarily about what, what number comes after the D as, as big as is, is it going to help you be better? Is it going to fit your style of play? Is it going to provide you the education that you have? And just because your friend went to, you know, wherever university that's a division one doesn't mean that you have to follow those same paths that we have to start creating our own recruiting profile and what we're looking for and knowing what's important to us as a player and as a family uh, in that recruiting process over what, you know, the next door neighbor's doing, as you said, you know, um, I'm glad you didn't follow me because you, you know, just <laughs> at a little NAI school and, 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 nowhere Iowa, you know, uh, yep. playing, but, but that's what you're right. That's what a lot of our, our kids are doing is, is, oh, they see such and such going. So they feel like, oh, I've got to do the same thing, or I've got to be here yep. or I'm going to go, go with them. And, and it just doesn't always work out. I even had that, you know, when I was at South Carolina Buford, it was the same thing. You know, you'd say, oh, I have a friend that wants to come and you would try it. And some of them worked out. Yeah. Um, and some, it was like, yeah, it, I, I really like you, but not, you know, this one isn't, or, I can remember, I really like your friend, <laughs> uh, but, but, but you're not quite what we're looking for, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that we each have to though, create our own personal recruiting journey and have an idea of what's important to us 
and kind of create a little box of a little checklist. After you talk to a college coach or visit a college campus, you kind of mark down and keep notes as to what that was like and how that made you feel. And, and you'll start to get an idea of where you really want to be at in the long run when it comes to recruiting and, and your college career. Yeah. Yeah. And I obviously, hopefully that this, you know, this process as well leads to a lot of student athletes looking at a lot of different institutions that maybe typically, like you, like you mentioned, they might not look, look at in the past, you know, because I think, um, we would, you know, the amount of really good coaches at various levels is, 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 I mean, it's astronomical in terms of how many brilliant coaches we know in such different levels, whether it's junior college, NAI, D3, D2, D1, you know, you just run into coaches that are just so, you know, brilliant, but we go back to the point that we made earlier. Some of them are just extremely happy where they're at, where they're at. And, And, you know, I think some people get into this, this game where it's like, oh, they, they, you know, you're, I guess you're, uh, you're only as good as what the level you coach at. And that's so that's has never been true. And it, and it'll continue to not be true. And so I hope that, that this will kind of open uh, the doors for some of those student athletes to, to realize and really, you know, accept that we have some absolutely brilliant coaches out there um, that are just, you know, at, at various programs for, you know, for whatever reasons, whether, you know, whether it's, like I said, it's happiness, whether it's, you know, the role that they enjoy on in the campus community, within the community, um, you know, being close to home, wherever it is. Um, and I think that's something that, that, you know, hopefully it's a, it's a, maybe a byproduct of all this where it's like, okay, now I'm going to go explore, you know, this school, because obviously the recruiting process has been a little different. And now it's, now you're opening the doors to, oh, you know, this is, this is a brilliant situation for me, you know, and this is, this is the ideal situation for me as a player. Um, so, so obviously I hope that that's, you know, some of the, some of the byproduct of, of the timing and the time, the new time frame, And then obviously, like we mentioned the, you know, the, the, the NCAA portal being, being what it is now and, and the availability to those student athletes. So, you know, I just, I just think that that's going to be something that, that changes a bit as well. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And I, I hope that as we move forward, it, it, it's something that we can easily follow and start to track and get a good gauge and understanding on to help our kids uh, know and understand I'm in this situation right now that everyone feels they're behind because the recruiting process was at that point, they are behind. But because of COVID times, because of the transfer portal, um, it, I don't think they're behind as much as we just have to start uh, increasing their exposure and getting them to start communicating with coaches, reaching out. Um, I remember one of our guests even said, follow up with a phone call, you know, yeah. uh, um, Shane down at uh, Lee's McCray, the boy, men's coach down there said, don't just email us, follow up with a phone call. And I, I keep telling my, my kids that make sure you follow up with a phone call, but it, hopefully this will all allow them to start looking at things outside of the normal, the normal perspective that they've had and, and open up opportunities. And, and you never know what can happen from it. Like you said, you may stumble across something that you're kind of skeptical about, but it ends up being the perfect fit. Yeah. Uh, and the perfect place for you to, to excel. Yeah. And, you know, and then I, I think, again, you, you've been in the junior college, you know, ranks as well. And I think, I think that's something that's also been, you know, a little overlooked and, and, you know, again, for me and, and you as well, like, why has that not ever, you know, been a, a big, big option for players, you know, and obviously I think you and I agree that it, it's a tremendous option. Um, 
And I think some of the, some of the student athletes are still, you know, still kind of in that stage where, you know, maybe not, but I'm like, why, why not? You know, you have some amazing junior college uh, programs. I mean, how junior college, the, the level and the consistency, I mean, the, again, we go back to the coaches that are some of the, you know, the coaches in junior college. I mean, there's just, why not go and, and get your, you know, get two years of your degree, um, gain experience, grow, develop as a player, as a, as an individual. And then, you know, again, we, we did talk about how stressful transferring is, but at least, at least now it's, it's a little bit more of a planned transfer where it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're reaching out, you're having those college coaches as four year at the four year institutions, you know, watch you and, and, and track you. But, um, but I think that's, that's another thing that that's going to, you know, you hope players, because what you don't hope Ed is, is that these players just stop playing. You know, you, you, Again, I was watching a club team train last night. There's just such incredibly talented players there that were uncommitted. And the last thing you want them to, to do is just kind of be like, well, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm not going to play and, and not go on. Because, you know, if you have the opportunity to play somewhere, I would play somewhere. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to love the college experience. You know, how many times, and, and, I, and I had a phone call today, was players that, chose not to play they they decided to go to a bigger school or a different school and that are now hey coach i you know i want to get back into playing college soccer i want to you know i want to talk to you about maybe you know playing there or playing a different school and and they want to get back into playing and they want it and you know obviously you try to make that happen and you try to give them the opportunity to do that but we run into so many scenarios where where that's the case and um you know so that's that's the hope is that these players don't don't get so um, disenchanted with the, with the process and, and, and this new timeline and, and being stressed out with the, with the later process. And they just kind of don't play at all in college soccer. You want them to at least, you know, try it, do it, you know, really enjoy it and, uh, and find the right fit. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's been, uh, one of those things here, Eric, and we kind of finish up. I just wanted to say that, uh, been helping we I think we've sent uh seven or eight girls now that I've trained this year uh off to junior colleges actually um uh to, to go play that's kind of been the best option for them and the, the best opportunity for them to continue to play yep. uh, but they've been able to to commit and kind of play that way um and then I uh, just got a phone call from one of the coaches I coach with his daughter uh, is going to go to an NAI, NAI school but she was just going to go there for the education and last night she says to him is it too late yeah you think I could reach out and try and play and so she's had some, you know, cause she didn't want to play at first. She was like, ah, I don't want to do it. Now it's kind of like, Oh, I want to, I want this opportunity. And I think that's the thing that we have to understand is, is if you want to play, there is a place to play for you. If you're willing to go yep. to anywhere, you know, and you're open to any opportunity, there will be a place for you to play, uh, you know, and, and get that experience and, and, and such, but you have to be willing to kind of open those doors, travel the distances and kind of put in the time and effort to really find, uh, those schools, because um, as you know, at an NAI school, it, it was a struggle to recruit at times. And um, you would, you would turn over every rock that, that came through to try and find the right player, the right fit, and, and make sure that, that you could get them a home if they, if they could, uh, you know, commit to the, to the team. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know, I know we've spent this episode talking about the recruiting process and kind of the new landscape of, of college soccer and soccer in general. But I think, you know, we're just in such an exciting time with the growth of the game. Um, 
on both the men's and the women's side, you know, obviously the MLS continues to grow. They continue to add teams. Um, the USL championship, you know, has just done a tremendous job of really aligning all of those leagues, whether it's the USL championship, USL league one, USL league two, um, you know, and then aligning themselves with that, with that professional development. And then you have the women's side, you have the NWSL who can, you know, again, tremendous job growing, growing the league, really providing that, that avenue for players to, to play professionally. And then with, with the addition of the USL super league now uh, that'll launch in 2023, which will, which will be another professional league for, for women's soccer. And then they're going to start the USLW league this year. Um, and then obviously you have the WPSL, UPSL, you have, you know, you have so many, so many of these avenues for players to continue playing, whether it's throughout the summer or post-college career that, um, that for soccer, soccer coaches, for soccer fans, for, for people involved in the game. I mean, it, it just continues to be an exciting time to be a part of it. Um, and I think that's something for players, you know, it just, for them, you know, really own your own development, uh, both as a player and as an individual. Um, and then, you know, in the recruiting process, own your own process as well, the, the way you go about communicating and, and solving and checking boxes for, for what's your best fit. You know, I think that's something, you know, that's something that's going to continue to be important. It was already important in the past in the recruiting process, but now it's going to become, you know, something that, you know, it's, it's going to really help uh, moving forward with the new time frame, the new timelines. And, and like I said, those, you know, club coaches, high school coaches, youth coaches, you know, really helping their student athletes and, and guiding them uh, to make the best sound decision. You know, I think we all know clubs and, and some, some places that, you know, you, you get, you get two options and they've always kind of pushed their player to, to maybe the bigger option to, to say, Hey, we've sent players off to this school and maybe knowing that it maybe wasn't the best fit for their student athlete, you know, and again, this might be an unpopular opinion, but, but we, we know situations where it's hey, you have two options and, and the, the second option is a really good, is a better fit for the student athlete, but the name that comes with the other option, it's, you know, you'd almost rather them be a walk on at this big, big power five school, than you know, go be a, be a really good solid player contributor at a, at, you know, maybe a division two or an NAI or a junior college. And, you know, I think it's going to be on us as coaches now at the youth level and, the, and, and the, you know, the high school and the club level to really help our student athletes uh, figure out where, where the, where they're going to find the most success. Yeah. And I, I think that's what I always start when I ask my, my players, when they ask me about playing, I said, well, what is important to you? Are you wanting to see playing time? Are you wanting to be on a winning team? You know, what is it that, that is going to be the important factor for you? And honestly, what I get more than anything, I want to play. I just want to continue to play. And, and, and from a coach, sometimes it struggles because it's like, well, I really want you to play for a championship. But I, I get your point is, is that I, you just want to continue to go on and play because your thought is, is once I go and play, I'll at least have the opportunity to maybe compete for a championship or I can make a difference maybe. And so I think that's important for us as college coaches is know what our players want instead of saying, Hey, go option one, option one, option one, yep. um, you know, and, and, uh, and such. So, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, Eric, you, you said it pretty well there. Uh, the landscape for, or for soccer, for men and males and females is, is, is growing and changing and becoming 
more outlets that they can continue to play uh, even post-college or in the summer from college, you know, uh, through the different leagues and organizations that, that uh, our sport is, is really growing and uh, we'll continue to, to do that as we go along and, and our players should kind of take that path and, and figure out what fits them and how they can achieve their goals because the opportunities are going to be there um, if they take ownership of their own development and their own uh, resources to, to really make their dreams come true. Yeah. And, and this is the last thing I'll add as we, as we kind of finish up, I was thinking about it today, knowing that we were, we were going to kind of catch up, um, you know, for the episode and things like that. I was thinking about kind of the, you know, we talk about the landscape of, of soccer in general and coaching. And, and I just think we're, we're coming, we're coming out of a, a segment in a period of time where I, I think we're all just cautiously optimistic. Um, you know, we're all kind of getting out of this time period where, you know, games were canceled, seasons were canceled, um, you know, training environments were, were changed drastically, you know, obviously at the college level, you know, whether you were only allowed to train in groups of nine or 10, you know, training with, with masks, training, you know, training in, you know, different segments and different, you know, different aspects of, of those restrictions, you know, so I think we're just getting to a period right now where everybody's just, you know, again, we talked about being grateful and thankful to having seasons and, and really moving forward. You know, but I think in in general, I think as coaches and as administrators, as whether you're a director of coaching, whether you're, a, you know, a director of soccer ops, whether you know, whatever your role is within the game, I think we're just we're moving in this direction where we're 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 a bit cautiously optimistic. We all you know we see we see the trends moving in a positive direction in terms of, you know, recruiting's kind of getting back to being balanced. You know, obviously the transfer portal is still a little little hectic right now. But I think we're all just in this in this mode where it's like we're we're kind of in a wait and see a little bit. We know we know things are going to change. I think that's the only thing we know is 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 change is inevitable at this point um, with with the process, the timeline. But uh, but again, we just see so many things moving in a, in a great direction. Whether it's the USL leagues, whether it's the MLS, NWSL, um, you know, youth soccer in general. Um, you know, I think there's just so many positives that keep continuing to come about that I think we're all just excited but also interested to see how this all you know kind of pans out and and how it affects different areas as well um, yeah I appreciate that Eric it's it's uh you know your insight's great as a, as a college coach getting us into you know um help us understand I can see it from my end as, as the high school club coach and you can see it from the, your end um, but it's it's uh one of those things that I, I think that we can all work towards and, and help our players or our our players or our, our children get through, um, you know, and, and, and make those changes. Um, but it's, uh, it's great catching up with you, Eric. Um, you know, it's, it's been a while. You talked about being cautiously, cautiously optimistic um, moving forward. And I think uh, that would probably be a great slogan for our podcast as well, that we're cautiously optimistic that we'll, uh, we'll get one <laughs> or two episodes in here in March, uh, you know, as we record this late February. Um, and uh, we can get back on track here. Uh, we, have, to, we have great great guests lined up. We just wanted to do an episode of uh, of catching up with life. <laughs> right, right, yeah. We've been away for so long that we figured yeah. maybe our listeners, maybe they they probably don't care, honestly. <laughs> yeah, they'd really rather hear the 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 true people that know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Over us talk, but over um, our tangent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, different uh, topics. But um, yeah, I think we're we're heading in a good direction, and and I look forward to you know. Uh, continuing down this path with you and, and hopefully our guests or if you hear anything I know I have people you know hey we'd like to hear some topics 
you know, or whatever, you know, please share with us so that we can, you know, kind of keep bringing you, uh, you know, the, the information you guys want to hear. Yeah. And the content that, that most interests you and, and most affects whatever role that you, you have within the game. Thank you.